write down everything I feel like What I don't really ever wanna feel like Anything at all Anything at all You call me when you're sipping You only came for weekends I hope I was wrong I hope I was wrong And what they say about me Maybe too Hey Kylie Hey Jen How are you? Doing pretty well, you know, on this fine Friday Chillin' Chillin', you know, busy at work. The yes. air quality is finally clearing up in Southern California. We oh, that's exciting. not unhealthy. Are you feeling better? Physically? Yeah, you had your little uh, crappy oh, cramp issues. I did have some issues, some medical issues, but I was a responsible adult and I went to the doctor. Yes, I am feeling so much better. Thank you for asking. And Good, I'm so glad. For anyone listening who is either at the age of 21 and or is sexually active, you should make an appointment with your gynecologist and, and see one. Yeah, no, like I know people that are over the age of 21. So the reason I say 21 is because you need to get a pap smear when you're 21. If you're not sexually active before then, then you need to get a pap smear before. But a lot of people don't go to the doctor. Wait, that's crazy because I've been going to the gynecologist since I was like, I don't know, 15. So some people, I mean, if you were 15, though, you had to have a parent take you, you know? And True. I had, like, really bad cramp issues, so, like, that's why. Which is good, though, that you're, you know, still that your parents took you and stuff, and they, but some people, you know, experience kind of, like, shaming from their family True. and maybe aren't so open to taking people to the gynecologist, even though it's not a sexual thing. It's literally about your physical health. Yeah, right. I mean, it is partially a sexual thing, too, but right. it doesn't that's, have to be. That's, it's, it's, like, my favorite doctor. Other than my psychiatrist, <laughs> we, we my favorite her. doctor, my gynecologist is really funny. He's a guy, actually. He's a man. Wow. And you don't yeah. mind? Not at all. He's so funny. It's so funny because there's this TV show that was years ago on TV um, through Showtime called Masters of Sex, and it was about the first people that did a scientific study on sex and like actually reg like measured people's brain waves and, and tried to quantify certain aspects of sex and whatnot. But anyway, it takes place in the 60s and it's all based on true story. But women back then did not want female doctors. They only trusted male doctors. Oh my God, that's so interesting. I know. And 50, 60 years later, now it's completely flipped. True. Yeah, I feel, I feel like, like it'd be much hard as like a male gynecologist to like get new patients. I think that it's important when you select your doctor that you are feel very comfortable with them and you can tell them things. I mean, I feel like it's a lot harder if you're a female talking about female problems to talk about it as comfortably with a male, but you love yours, so clearly it works. Oh, he's great. Like, I was asking him so many questions. I kept calling him. And then when I went in to go see him next, he was like, you ask more questions than some of the female gynecologists I know. Like, you literally ask so many questions. He was getting so annoyed at me. And then I was like, yeah, sorry, I'm just concerned. And then I thought that my, like, IUD was, like, not in place or something. So he... And he was, like, getting annoyed because I was so paranoid about it. So he did an ultrasound on me to show it to me. And he was like, if you call me with one more question, I'm taking it out. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe somewhere on the spectrum between your level of question asking and not going to the doctor at all. <laughs> right. But you know what? I am a happy question asker. I will continue asking my questions because if you just Google stuff online, it literally just tells you you're going to die. So, like, I like to call the doctor and actually ask them, and then they usually, like, call my nerves, especially him. I think maybe at a certain point, maybe that's what he knew you were doing. Like, he was almost just calming you down. Oh, totally. He literally told me, he goes, oh, I love when my patients get medical degrees from Google. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure doctors love that. Their patients pretend to know more than them. Um See, but this is this is anxiety, Kylie, which goes along with our topic today. This is just my anxiety at, at its at its best. <laughs> at least thinking that I'm dying. At least you're vigilant about your health. But yeah, I don't I don't really have any significant updates this week. Updates, cool. Just, what are my updates? Um, oh, I got a new car. Yes, this is huge. I don't know if anybody cares, but like, I care. It is a huge purchase. It's a huge purchase. This is a big purchase. Yeah, I got a new car. So what like, went into, like, you didn't even tell me you were thinking about getting a car? Like, so what went So basically what happened is my sister got into a car crash and she crashed one of our cars. 
Um, she crashed my dad's Lexus, which I'm very upset about, but whatever. And Megan is getting her license in January. So we're down a car and then we're going to be down another car. And I'm grateful I had a car, of course, but I didn't like my car. And I really like driving, as Kylie knows, you know? Mm-hmm. And I really just didn't like my car that much. And like, it's getting a little bit colder out. I kind of want to move, like, regardless of where I move, it's going to be mountains. So I was like, I need a bigger car. We're down a car now. It just kind of felt like good timing. And I was so like, did you know you what? Donate your car to your family? Well, uh, my mom, like, quote, paid me for it, which that's, like, she did no, not have good. to do that. But yeah, she like paid me for it. I mean, um, so it's like Megan's car now. Well, congrats to Megan. She gets yeah, a Yeah, congrats car. to Megan. Yeah, it was so funny. Megan wanted, like, a, a Jeep Wrangler because every kid thinks they're getting – well, not every kid. I shouldn't say that. This is, like, a North Shore Chicago thing, and I'm not even from the North Shore, but, you know, close enough. Every kid on the North Shore wants a Jeep Wrangler when they turn 16, and a lot of them get it. Wouldn't you say so, Kylie? Wranglers are, like, the teen car. Yeah, or, like, Patriots, just, like, yeah. different types of Jeeps. Right. So Megan really wanted a Wrangler. So then when I bought my car and my mom was like, Megan, like, look, this is your new car. Megan was so funny because she was like, oh, like she was like acting all happy, but she wasn't actually happy. And she was like, oh, I'm I, like, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. She was like trying to be so sweet, but she wanted a Wrangler so badly. Well, one day when she's your age and exactly, exactly. That's has her I, own means, she can do that. She can sell exactly. a car and then yep. buy a That's what I told her isn't too much pressure. It's really safe, whatever, for your first car. And then you can like just continue saving up and be excited for when you're old enough to buy your own car and you can get whatever you want. Anyway, congratulations anyway, on your new car. That is you. very so excited. exciting. And you did buy it yourself. Like it's all your own money. Like yep. I went in to buy it with, guess who I took? Allison. Oh my God. <laughs> just imagine me and Allison and walking into a car dealership those guys eyes must have just lit up the dealers like the salesman so did you try to negotiate with them at all so this is what I did Kylie and you're gonna get mad at me but please don't so I went in with Allison immediately he's like okay let's drive so I was getting a Jeep Renegade he's like okay let's drive some used cars like the used cars are a great deal right now I have like a 2018 Renegade with only like 10,000 miles on it like great deal whatever I was like cool so I test drove it I loved it and I calculated it online like what the price should be especially if I were like financing so I was putting some down and then I wanted to finance the rest and the number he gave me was so high of course because that's what happens and I was like, yeah, that just seems really high. And he was kind of like pretending like I was being crazy for saying it's really high and stuff. And then he started he doing math problems in front of me, like kind of just, you know, doing his little sales tactics, whatever. And I just like knew that it was like too much. Yeah. And so I started texting my ex-boyfriend whose parents own car dealerships. They don't anymore, but they used to. Mm-hmm. And so I started texting him and he was like, no, 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 leave, 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 leave. And so I left, but it is so hard to leave a car dealership. Oh my it God. It's so hard. They will do anything to keep you there, guys. In fact, I realized at one point, and I bet this is a tactic too. So he had to move my car that I brought to the dealership. So he had my car keys. Oh my God. That's... Yep. That's so scary. Yep. And so he had to go talk to his manager about something. He's like, let me go see if I can get you a better price. And so, of course, he's gone and he has my car keys. And I'm like, what the fuck? He literally has my car keys. So then I finally told him that I had to go pick my mom up somewhere. And again, like this isn't like this is not atypical. Like a car dealership will do anything to keep you at the dealership, because if you walk out of there without a car, there's a good chance you're not coming back, you know, and they just spent however many hours, four or five hours helping you. They want to sell you a car. So anyways, so I told the guy, I was like, I have to go pick up my mom. I have to leave right now. Can I please have my keys? I will be back. And I I was going to be back. So I dropped off Allison and I went immediately to go pick up my ex-boyfriend. Because I was like, can you please come with me and like do this for me? And so I was about to get a 2018 Renegade for pretty much the exact same price as a brand new one. He walked in immediately. We're like, okay, I want a new one because they had this special deal going on for like new cars that like pretty much 0% interest for financing. Yeah, it's a really good time to really good finance cars right now. A great time to buy a new car, not actually a great time to buy a used car. So anyway, so he's like, we're buying a new car. He was so funny. I actually told him he should make a business out of this, going to dealerships with like, especially women, because it's just a thing that they like to take advantage of women because it's just a fucked up 
world it's very that we sexist. live in. Yeah, it is. Yes. So he goes in immediately. He's like, okay, these cars I saw online, they have zero percent interest, whatever. And they were like, yeah, but that's only if you qualify for XXX. And he's like, yeah, but she qualifies for that. And they're like, okay. And then he's like, I also saw that like you get like five thousand off or blah blah blah. And they're like, yeah, that's only if you're in the military. And he was like, no, it's if you have family in the military. And like her grandpa was in the military. Like he literally got me so many deals. They like calculated my stuff in front of him he got me like all of this free stuff with my car you know him he can do math in his head and stuff so like he could do all the math like right then and there you know mm-hmm. like everything um so i ended up getting a new car um and and paying a hundred dollars less than i would have if i had gotten the used car and like a bunch of money less and then this is the funniest part the guy texted me and he was like does your friend want a job like does he want to work here (laughs) absolutely hecking not no definitely not but i was like dude you should make a business out of this so you know props to the ex-boyfriend thanks for getting me a deal what i did was i went to so many dealerships i called so many people i got different quotes for everything and the thing is is like So for, this is not for used cars. It's for new cars. Used cars, they can still rip you off a lot because it's hard. There's not like an MSRP. There's not like a sticker value on a used car. It's all kind of like based on mileage and wear and tear and like how many, you know, there's a lot of like subjective factors that go into creating this price. Um, But with a new car, they actually can't rip you off as much because there, you can just Google the sticker price. Like exactly 30 years ago, you can just Google the sticker price so they could still rip you off. But definitely when you are buying a car, especially as a woman, go with go with a man like whether yep, it's it sucks or a but that's just friend. the way it works right now absolutely have to but and yeah do your research that's that's the main thing just do your research yep and yep. also it never hurts to ask for more money off like is this really nope. the best deal you could do nope yeah exactly i was playing up everything like they discontinued this um lime green color that i really wanted and I was like, oh, like, I'm just so sad about the color. I'm so sad. I literally was trying to get them to, like, wrap my car for free in lime green, which they didn't, but I tried. Do you think you're going to get it wrapped? No. I actually really like the color. It's, like, a dark gray, like, shiny. It's pretty. It is cool. It's, like, yeah. very, like, sleek. I think I might pimp it out eventually, too. Like, add, like, the big, you know, the Jeep, like, bar with a bunch of lights. We're going to get into real stuff this week. Um, Yeah, we're going to talk about, like managing mental health and like why therapy is awesome um for background i think i've said this before but i've been going to therapy since i was 14 which is so young so young was there a specific reason why you started going to therapy thank you for asking that because i was just going to clarify i feel like when you say you started going to therapy when you're 14 it sounds like something crazy happened or like you know something super fucked up happened and somebody like made you go but no, I just like was having, um, I've talked about this before, but my parents thought I had like anger issues. Um, so I was getting really, really angry. And obviously like teenagers and preteens, people get angry. Um, but I was getting like angry, angry and like would yell about things and like not even remember like some of the things I said when I was like so angry. And I would just overreact all the time. Um, and so they're like, you need to like manage your emotions better. And like, it, it was just obvious that I was mad about something. And my mom is very pro-therapy. Like, she thinks everybody should have a therapist. So she just, like, started making me go see a therapist to, like, help manage it. I mean, so it sounds like you were having issues with with expressing, like, your emotions and your feelings in a healthy way. That's probably a common issue with a lot of children, preteens. Yeah. And it's interesting because whenever I – I actually talked about this on a previous episode, but I edited that whole part out, Kylie, because I knew that we wanted to do an episode on therapy eventually. So I just, like, edited all of this out so that I could like talk about it fresh on this episode. I'm so excited. (laughs) Well, it's funny because when I tell people I had quote anger issues, people are very surprised. I don't have anger issues and I don't really get angry easily anymore. You know, like I'll get annoyed or frustrated or impatient, but like- Well, so does everyone. But I don't get angry. And so I feel like when people hear that, they kind of are like, what? But basically what happened, and this took like years to manage. So like, you know, I started at 14, but I probably didn't really get it under control until like late high school. You know, it's not something that I have to deal with anymore. It was literally just like untreated anxiety that was manifesting as anger. I didn't know how to manage my emotions or my anxiety and it would just come out as anger. Exactly. So you ended up finding out there was a root cause. Yep. Like anger in itself 
is not it doesn't sound like that's it sounds more like a symptom yeah and some people do have anger management issues but those are the people that are like constantly screaming throwing things violent like just mean but to that people, also I mean, that can also stem from something and there, that can also totally. be to other things as well so just because totally. you might have anger management issues doesn't mean that there may not be other connected Exactly. And so I did therapy and then I started going to a psychiatrist and they gave me um, anxiety medicine and just like different coping mechanisms. So yeah, it was super helpful. And I'm really, really lucky that A, my parents were like supportive of it, but not even supportive. Like they forced me to go. This is funny. I didn't tell people that I went to therapy until probably like senior year of high school because I thought it was embarrassing. I think a lot of people might feel that. I would always say I'm at the doctor and my friends were like, you're at the doctor all the time because I would literally go once a week. And so I was like, sorry, I'm at the doctor. You literally had like groin issues though with your, from cheerleading and things like that. <laughs> right. Too. Yeah. I was always at the doctor anyways. So true. So true. But I definitely was like privileged because my parents, A, made me go and B, paid for me to go because it can be very expensive. It can be very expensive. And a lot of insurance doesn't necessarily cover mental yep. health services. Right. So, as for example, the proportion of young people with private insurance that didn't cover um, mental health is about, it's over like 8%. And wow. it's grown from 4.6% in 2012 to 8% in 2017. So, wow. um, and I think, you know, this can, this is a lot to do with specific healthcare coverage. And having like a more holistic healthcare coverage and actually just on a, on a slight tangent, but IUDs and other birth control methods used to be covered by Obamacare Mm -hmm. and so you could get all that for free. And now, now you have to pay, go through your insurance. Yeah. I got my IUD for free for $0 because of Obamacare and now I might have to pay a grand. Literally, ew. I know. So, I mean, that's just one example, but that's could be a reason why it's nearly doubled why almost right almost double the amount of uninsured children that's crazy sorry i'm like not being good at talking i'll edit this <laughs> kylie do you have any experiences yeah so i i first went to therapy i think i was 12 um oh, wow yeah that was that was, I mean, middle school is a rough time for a lot of people, I think. You mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of changes, um, social pressures, and things like that. And, totally. I mean, you know me, and I'm kind of, I've always been very, very much do whatever I want. I'm right. always genuinely myself. I don't mm-hmm. try to be anyone else, which is very hard when you're in middle school. Totally. Um, and so I, it, a lot of my you know, frustrations with dealing with, you know, mean girls at school and, and things like that manifested in self-harm. And once oh. my parents discovered this, then they were like, okay, we need to, we need to get some help. So I went to therapy for on and off through the end of high school. And I mean, I didn't, by the end of high school, like was, I mean, it was pretty much I had, I had worked through a few issues, including like some eating disorders and, and I'd worked through the self-harm through middle school and things like that. So I had worked through a lot of my issues. And then once I went to college, I was actually a lot happier. I think getting out of some of the toxic totally. people I went to school with and like friend groups and things like that really, and, and getting to meet new friends and, and really throw myself into a brand new environment actually did a lot of good for me. That's um, so good. Yeah, so I I had seen I think like three therapists throughout that. Oh wow. Yeah, but I mean to be honest, it it was fine and it was good, but I I didn't find a therapist that I truly oh, loved. And that's that's really actually hard. really hard. That's so hard. Going off of that, I'm really lucky because the first one I ever went to is still the one I have now. So it's been 10 years and I love her and Kylie knows her too. Yeah, Mary. she is we great. love Mary. She's great. However, I did try to go to um, a therapist at school at one point. They had like, I don't know, free counseling or however many free sessions at school. And I went to somebody else just because I wanted somebody in person and it sucked. I was like, what? What? I remember that um, my parents were getting divorced and I told her that I was having a lot of anxiety because my parents were getting divorced. And she was like, okay, but you don't have any like 
actual like issues right and I was like well no and by that she meant like harming or eating like whatever you know like putting myself in danger type issues and I was like life is not immediately in danger is it right uh no I guess no and (laughs) kind of just was like she literally was being so condescending and she was like well then like I don't really think you need like treatment like this sounds pretty normal I was like I'm 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 not asking for treatment I'm literally just like here to talk (laughs) um like I literally just was like wanting somebody to like listen to my issues and she like wouldn't do it and she was like making me feel stupid about it and I was like oh boy yeah so then I started having phone sessions with Mary again and obviously Mary is the bomb but like a good therapist can be hard to find yes and I've even gone to I had to go to a therapy session with my sister once for her therapist and I hated her I hated that woman but your sister didn't mind her um she ended up disliking her towards the end too she was kind of like a toxic therapist like would talk about her own issues which is like not cool you can't do that that is fucked up yeah very fucked up so anyways but like yeah it can take a while to find a good one I was really lucky to find a good one right away but like I feel like a lot of people who have bad experience with therapy it's like totally valid because some of them literally suck or you just don't vibe with them definitely I think that what is important here is that just because you might have a bad experience with a specific therapist doesn't mean you should give up on therapy on the whole. Totally. Totally. Another thing is like, I I feel like finding one that goes with your personality really helps too. For example, the one I saw at school who I didn't like, she came in all dressed up, like super business professional. He was using like big words, kind of was just really serious the whole time. Like it was a very serious environment. It almost felt like going to the doctor and she was just being kind of like super formal Whereas when I go see my therapist, Mary, like Mary's really chill. Her, like her little space is super chill. She's always dressed in like, like she looks like she came straight out of like a free people store. She never uses big words or she, it's not like doctory. It's kind of just like a very chill environment. And um, my therapist and my psychiatrist are both very like holistic. So I know that some psychiatrists kind of, you go in, they give you medicine and you leave. But mine, medicine's kind of like, not last resort like they still will give it to you but it's like let's try all of the things before we give it to you and also let's like talk through your issues so they'll make me like they make sure I'm exercising every day and again exercise is just good for your endorphins like people misuse exercise you know look good or like be super hot and fit or like oh I ate this so I should exercise like no 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 this is just straight up like you need to move your body so that you feel good inside yeah they make sure I'm like moving around exercising eating healthy um they like me to be outside a lot like have plants like all of those things because sometimes if you just aren't being healthy and like treating yourself well a lot of your issues can not go away but at least be um like minimized a little bit you know you have to like make sure that everything that you're taking care of yourself and then they'll give you medicine which has worked really well for me I mean it also just sounds like what is the worst thing that could happen if you try all these alternative methods first like exactly potentially eating healthier and exercising oh my god god forbid I just get (laughs) a little bit physically healthier (laughs) right I feel like even just like the American lifestyle of like you sit around all day, you don't eat healthy, and then you take a bunch of medication. It's like, well, maybe take care of yourself and then we can talk about medication. So that's kind of like what they make me do and like now just how I live. The only thing is I probably still drink too much alcohol for sure, but whatever. <laughs> well, you don't, you, you don't drink. I mean, okay, let's make this clear. You don't have like a problem or anything. No, no, no. no. It's more just like I really like to like, like go out with my friends and like drink on the weekends, which isn't great for anxiety. Oh my but, God, like, God forbid you're in your mid-20s you like to go out with your friends and drink alcohol but they as actually, long as wait you know what they actually do make sure that I'm being social and stuff no so they support this they support this right maybe not the specific alcohol part but I mean as long yeah. as as long as you are feeling good there's also I mean a point where you have to live your life a little exactly bit. wait you know what's so funny they yeah. also are very pro um and again I've been seeing both of them my therapist and my psychiatrist for 10 years they ask me if I'm getting my coffee and eating my chocolate every day (laughs) like they'll be like are you getting your coffee are you like still eating your chocolate every day I'm like yeah and they're like okay good is that like because you like chocolate or is that like an actual physiological because they know I love chocolate and so I think if I weren't eating it they'd probably be concerned like a why aren't you eating it and then b just like they're very pro like treat yourself type thing with like my chocolate and then I've also felt bad about getting my I do like buy daily iced coffee like Starbucks or Dunkin or something and they'll be like are you like are you buying your Starbucks are you buying your Dunkin I'm like yeah I am they're like okay good (laughs) (laughs) 
which is kind of funny. And then even with that, because I, I do get anxiety about spending too much money sometimes. Like I'm very, um, I've always been like, I don't even want to say frugal, but just very like finance conscious kind of. And so mm-hmm. I used to get anxiety about the fact that I bought my coffee and stuff every day, but I went through it with them and they're like, okay, you don't spend money on this. You don't spend money on this. You don't spend money on this. Like what, what else would you like instead of the Starbucks? Like, and I was like, no, I literally just want Starbucks. And so they're like, okay, then like you should get your Starbucks. Like this is not the worst thing in the world. Just drink your Starbucks. I'm like, okay. And so they literally ask if they make sure I'm drinking my Starbucks and eating my chocolate every day. Right. And I think that we, I mean, look, I'm very pro treat yourself and I definitely spend more money than you do on treating myself to things. But I do want to make a little asterisk. Like you are to the point where it's not just you have no debt and you're not going into credit card debt. It's like you are actively investing your money. You are like more than above average as far as your age and like how well and how financially literate you are and and all that kind of stuff as far as managing your money. So I this is not just a little thing where oh <laughs> go out and spend all your money and who don't right. even look at your credit card statement and treat yourself no, no, no. to Starbucks. No 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 no. This no, is no, just no. like my one thing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it also I even think it's like an anxiety coping mechanism too, because they're like, look, you're so anxious about finances and all these different, all these different ways. Like just buy your Starbucks. Like it's not going to kill you. It will not hurt you at all. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks Kylie. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I, I just, that's kind of like a tangent, but it's just funny because I feel like people think therapists are always formal and, you know, don't do this, don't do this. It's like, yeah, they'll encourage me to like do certain things, but then they're also like supportive of other things that might be considered like unhealthy or shallow or whatever, just because like, just, it's all about figuring out what works for you, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, another thing too that you had previously mentioned is that you had felt a little bit embarrassed to talk about seeking therapy and talking to, you know, a mental health professional. Just a quick stat for you is that one in eight adults receive mental health treatment. 10% receive medication and 3% receive psychological therapy. Um, I'm actually happy with those stats. Like I'm not like they should actually be higher, but I'm happy that they're like growing. Yes. So I, I think that, you know, Anytime that you're, anyone is feeling a little bit embarrassed that they're seeking out any kind of treatment or anything, you should absolutely not because even totally. of those one in eight people that are currently seeking mental health treatment, that's only about 36% of people that actually need treatment. So right. really, that should be three in eight adults that should be right. seeing. If, if everybody who needed treatment was actively seeking it out, it right. would be almost half the population. So totally. no one should feel embarrassed about nope. taking care of their mental health. Another thing I like to do, just kind of like to promote that is, you know how like alcoholics, once they go to AA and get treated, they're very open about the fact they're an alcoholic. I did not know that, but I believe oh, they you. are. <laughs> yeah. So if an alcoholic goes to AA and gets treated, like the first step is acceptance. And that means you got to talk about it super openly, like to literally anybody, like it's not supposed to be taboo. It's not a thing, whatever. And that like really helps them. So something that's helped for me is now I'm just super open about it. A for myself, because I mean, it makes me feel better. Um, especially since when, when you do talk about it, nobody's like, nobody's being judgmental at the end of the day. Like nobody's going to think you're weird. Second of all, it can help people understand you better. For example, if I'm kind of acting weird or like not responding to my friends as much as I normally would. And I just tell them like, Oh, sorry, I'm kind of like going through an anxious period. Then it's like, Oh, okay. She doesn't hate me. She's just like taking some space, you know? And then third, what I've realized is if you can openly talk about it, it might help other people who are going through similar things to be able to talk about like their problems too. I remember at work at my first internship, this one guy, I was working the front desk and he was leaving the office early. And I was like, oh, where are you headed to? And he's like, oh, I have a therapy appointment. And I was like, just kind of shocked that he just like said that openly. Like he was a couple years older than me, kind of like a bro type of dude. And I just like had so much respect for it. And was like, that was like really cool that he just, said that you know because it just like normalizes it so the more that like you can become comfortable with it and talk about it like the better off like you might be helping somebody else feel like oh okay like that's not weird it's totally normal and it's fine definitely and I think that previously I think a lot of people especially in for example you gave your coworker, 
I think a lot of people might have been previously a little bit worried about kind of discussing mental health in the workplace because you don't want to be classified as your cowork from like by your coworkers as having any kind of like mental health issue that could affect your work performance. And then people are worried about, you know, how they'll be perceived at work. Right. And I think that a lot of companies are doing a good job, especially during the pandemic, to really address mental health. I know my company has been. We've been doing meditation and wellness sessions. Oh, that's Um, really nice. Yeah, we've had all company meetings about different topics where people can anonymously talk about their experiences and questions and things like that. So shout out to my company. That's so good. We love Uh, that. But yeah, so I think that hopefully we are working on specifically destigmatizing mental health in the workplace, especially because you just don't want to be perceived as having any weakness, you know, and we have to change the narrative. Like it's not a weakness. No, it's, it's really not. And even some things that can be perceived as weaknesses, for example, like I have ADHD too, and there are lots of benefits to having that. Like there are oh, yeah, you're creative. Yeah, you're got... creative. You're like, you have big ideas. You're like not afraid to like speak up for a lot of times. Um, like your mind is kind of like, actually most, not to say I do, I have no clue, but most ADHD people have like a higher IQ than the average person. I believe that. Yeah. So like, again, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to tell them that because they're going to think I'm like lazy or distracted or just constantly like, I don't know what the, you know, stereotype is watching video games or not doing your work. But it's like, no, there's actually a lot of benefits to it, too. So, um, yeah, I agree. Just hopefully, hopefully the narrative can change a little bit. And hopefully mental health days will be um, normalized as well. Because like sick days are normal, like, oh, I have the flu or something. But it's like, you know what, sometimes I just can't come in or can't do my work because I'm really fucking anxious today. Yes. And I think that also certain company policies, like my company offers flexible time off. So basically it's unlimited time off from work. Those can allow for then you don't have to take a sick day versus a mental health day. You're just taking a day and you don't have to delineate. You don't have a certain number of days saved up. That resolves a whole lot of hopefully anxiety in people. Totally. To anybody who's thinking they need to go to therapy or even if you don't need to, this is what my mom always says, like everybody should try going even if you don't think you need to go because it can give you the tools to handle problems as they come up. Like, it's, like, preventative, almost. Definitely. I've talked about this before, but obviously this year has sucked for me. Um, It sucked for everybody, of course. But, like, I had, like, a death in the family and breakups, all this other stupid shit. But um, I always said that, like, if I hadn't gone to therapy, like, prior to this and figured out my issues, like, Lord knows what would have happened. Because, like, I, it was still really hard for me, but it wasn't as hard as it would have been had I not known how to handle my emotions and, like had some of like the tools to get through hard times. You said developing your toolkit, your kind of how to take care of yourself and learning yourself when you're young, especially. And like that is invaluable, especially when you're coming into your own as a young adult, you start to live independently. Totally. Knowing yourself and knowing how you communicate and how to like, for example, if you were still having rage issues, like imagine Uh or your anxiety manifesting as rage. Imagine oh my how God. difficult it would be. To, oh my to God. Function I probably have no friends left. I literally have no friends. It would be, it, yeah, it would be extraordinarily difficult. And you would also, yeah. it, how would you even feel about yourself? You know, like you're like, well, it's wrong with me. Why don't I have any friends? And oh my gosh. It would hurt you. So hundred percent. Oh, I also did want to bring up, we did talk a little bit about financial costs and that of some people's healthcare does not mm-hmm. cover mental health. I have some recommendations for people. Please, if you're making an appointment like with a new healthcare professional, if it's someone that operates out of an office, the office manager should ask for your insurance and yeah. then you should make sure you should confirm that it's covered. Yep. You should ask them ahead of time if it's covered, how much is it covered? Is there a copay? And a copay is how much you will be paying out of your own pocket. Um, because a lot of times you may get, you know, most of it covered. You might have a small copay, maybe all of it's covered, but I would make sure you ask them to run your insurance and see how much it's going to cost you ahead of time because you do not want to come out of like three appointments and then all of a sudden you owe, you know, hundreds of dollars. They may not necessarily prompt you. So make sure that you speak up and ask. Yep. Agreed. That's something that bothers me so much. It sucks. Like how expensive just 
healthcare is in general. Like it's so sad. It is really sad and it is unfortunate because people's health is directly correlated to your socioeconomic class yep. and the type of healthcare you receive. I mean, just think about people on very basic health insurance that you're trying to just have enough money to maybe go to the doctor right. every year. Like you are not thinking about mental health Therapy and trying and to stuff. get that taken care of as well. Nope. I've seen a lot of things and I don't know where I've seen them, but it's just something I've heard of before. It's like mental health issues or rich people problems, but it's like, no, it's not rich people problems. It's just, unfortunately, the rich people can afford to treat it. I mean, if actually mental others. health issues are much more of, if I'm not even talking like lower economic class, I'm talking homeless people. Homeless people have oh a my lot, God. statistically, as a group, have a huge proportion of people with mental health issues, like severe Oh, I'm ones. sure. I get so sad when I see like schizophrenic homeless people and stuff, because I'm like, I wonder if they would be, and I, this is a generalization, but it's like, I'm sure they'd be better off if they had treatment and like could get on medicine. That's not a generalization. No. That's a... It's just true. If And if they had a support system that had money and means to help them yep. receive the treatment, yep. a lot of people that may be full-blown living with care or, you know, at a facility, if they didn't have someone supporting them or paying for that, they would be yep. on the streets. Like, there would be 100%. no way for them to function in society. So yep. I think that's a, that's a whole another fold, too, is just making sure that we can get treatment to people that need it is really hard. I don't consider myself a you know, communist or a socialist or anything like that politically, but I am for health care for people that need it, which is oh, everyone. Absolutely. Everyone needs health care. <laughs> 100%. It is super unfortunate that not everybody has access to, you know, treating yes. it. Some other statistics that people might find interesting um but the the most common mental health problems that people are seeking treatment for 59 percent of people are seeking treatment for depression 52 percent mm-hmm. for ocd 52 percent for phobias 48 percent for anxiety and then other common mental disorders that are not specified is another 25 percent wow so, i had no clue that ocd was so common OCD can manifest in a lot of different ways. OCD people are not always super clean and organized. A lot of times they're very messy and just compulsive about other things too. So I, I, that's what I think of the class of OCD is like people who are super organized and clean, but some people get so fixated on things and then they can't even take care of other aspects of their life. So I know my sister, um, she had like some OCD problems and she's not clean whatsoever. But for example, if like, you know, OCD without being like the super clean person, what would happen is if something was out of place and again, she wasn't messy, but like, let's say in my house, the scissors belong in the kitchen. My mom is like crazy about the scissors being in the kitchen (laughs) because the scissors go missing. Anyways, my sister had a pair of scissors in her room and there were plenty in the kitchen. But before she was trying to fall asleep, she realized there was a pair of scissors in her room. And she literally, like, she said she just, like, all she could think about was the scissors. And, like, she, like, finally had to get up, even though she was just about to go to bed. And clearly nobody's using the scissors yet. You know, it's Mm -hmm. nighttime. It's, like, two in the morning. Nobody's using the scissors. But she, like, could not stop thinking about the scissors. And then she had to, like, get them, take them, put them downstairs. And then she still couldn't fall asleep because she was thinking about the scissors and she told me that she still thinks literally thought about the scissors forever and then she had to like tell my mom that the scissors were in her room and stuff like that's that's a form of ocd slash like anxiety oh my god that that was that's an example yeah right i know i'm like what the fuck but so that's an example of ocd something's out of place and it's bugging the shit out of you that doesn't have to do with being clean exactly so i think that and another thing too with like adhd which you've mentioned um, being diagnosed with, um, as well as I I have a a diagnosis as well, women can manifest ADHD in different ways than men present. So it's a lot of times women will present with the inattentive form where you just daydream a lot. You're not paying attention. Your mind is a million places at once, Yep. um, but it doesn't physically present in the same way. And so- 
guys are highly diagnosed with ADHD and there's this gender discrimination or discrepancy between ADHD and there and then you know physicians will make the will make the assumption oh men just get ADHD more than right. women yeah no, no women are super di- underdiagnosed and and same thing goes for OCD OCD can manifest in a lot of different ways yeah so this is why it's important like you may think oh I don't have this this is not I don't have this problem blah 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 right. and then if you get talking to a professional they may be able to connect some dots and see some things that you may not be able to see in yourself totally the other thing that's so interesting is there are some mental illnesses or problems where it can seem off-putting or like you're being rude like for example Kylie with the ADHD in women it can come as like inattentiveness um, for you, remember how our neighbors thought you were like scary and mean because you just <laughs> zoned out all the time. So Kylie oh. would like come into our building being super zoned out. And I've seen Kylie do this. It's like shocking to me. Like she doesn't even realize anyone's around her. She's just listening to her music, staring straight in front of her. And it looks like she's ignoring everyone around her and being so rude. It can come off as like, oh, I don't want to talk to you. But really, you're literally zoned out thinking about Lord knows what. Like, who knows what you were thinking about? I mean, I couldn't even tell you what I think about when I zone out. Yeah, so my neighbors, who I was friends with, were scared of Kylie. And they're like, (laughs) she's so scary and she's so pretty and, like, she kind of seems, like, mean. I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) And then I went back and told this to Kylie. But it's like, Kylie's not mean at all. She just genuinely zones out a lot. And it can come off. I never thought about that. Yeah, right. And then also, you know who I heard, and I don't want to like spread rumors, but I have read about this. Apparently, Kendall Jenner has horrific social anxiety. And again, I don't want to spread rumors. I'm just going off of what I've read from the internet and even on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. This has been talked about and stuff. But apparently, Kendall Jenner has such bad social anxiety that like she can't say words sometimes. Like literally, like she can't speak to people. Like she just gets so anxious in like new social settings yes and so this tiktok girl who um i actually love her but she made a tiktok talking about celebrities who came into the high-end restaurant in new york city that she used to work at and that kendall jenner would come in and she wouldn't speak personally to anybody her like assistant would and all of these people were commenting like oh my god yeah like i heard when she goes to restaurants she won't even speak to the host like she has someone do it for her and everybody was kind of talking about how stuck up that was and i was like I literally, like, I'm pretty sure she just has, like, horrific social anxiety. Oh. With, like, strangers. Yeah, so everyone's calling her, like, a bitch and all this stuff. And it's like, dude, okay, I don't know, like, Kylie doesn't have that, and Kylie's a billionaire, you know, and, like, has more security. I don't think it's, like, a security, I'm famous, I'm rich, can't talk to anyone type thing. It's, like, she literally just has, apparently, like, crippling social anxiety. I mean, this goes to show that it's just... And this isn't just like it, it can affect anyone. Um, uh, totally. Hopefully she's able to seek treatment because she definitely has the means to. Right. And it sounds like she's obviously figured out ways to navigate through life, which is right. a little differently. But I think this just circles back to your point earlier about destigmatizing mental health by communicating it openly and clear, clearly with everyone, but also yep. it helps just communicating so people don't misinterpret. Yes, exactly. Yes. And I totally understand why that would be misinterpreted. Like it's super understandable. Even you're zoning out and not saying like hi to the neighbors or something. Totally understandable why it's misinterpreted, but it's just like, it's not, it's not anything personal and it's not. Of course. Yeah. I didn't even see them. I didn't even, Jen told me this whole story and you like literally, I was like, I I don't don't remember ever seeing them ever. Yeah. It's so funny. It's totally normal. It's good to talk about. I talk about it all the time as people know. Maybe even, like, too much. Who knows? I think you talk about it just enough. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) If you had any questions, maybe, that you wanted to... One question that I've been getting a lot on TikTok, at least, is my financial wellness habits, because I made a TikTok about it, and it kind of blew up a good amount, Um, which we can make a whole separate episode on that, but the most common question I'm getting is, how did you find a mentor? Because I, in my TikTok, I mentioned that I found a mentor to help me with my finances. So I think I could talk about that quickly without getting too off topic. Basically, what I did was I knew that my there was somebody in my family who had done very well with their investments, like very well, not in my like immediate family, like, but somebody kind of extended and they didn't ever have like a big salary. Like they never had like, you know, a crazy job, whatever, but they became like super successful because of their investing strategies and stuff like that. And so I reached out to them and they were pretty old and I was just like, you know, how did you end up doing this? 
and they were like, oh, I have this really good advisor who basically helped me with everything. And they also were like, I lived below my means my whole life. And then once I was able to get somebody to um, actually be my like financial advisor. So they had a really good one. And so they're like, I'm sure if you want to talk to him, he'd talk to you. <laughs> and so I was like 16 or 17 hitting up this like VP at Morgan Stanley being like, hey, I heard you like made my relative really wealthy. Like, could I talk to you? And here's the thing. First of all, finance bros love to talk about finance. Don't you think? Literally, they if you can get them to shut it. up about finance, yeah. that's more of a feat. Exactly, right? And then also a 16, 17-year-old girl hitting up this like 50-year-old man to talk about finance. Here's the thing. At that point, that guy's already rich. Like there's no competition. They're not- No, they're not threatened. They're, they're flattered. Happy. Yeah, they're flattered. They're happy to talk to you, you know? And so I asked him if I could talk to him. And I think he was kind of shocked. Like, I don't know what he like thought was going to go down, but I just like literally asked him like what I should be doing right now to like get ahead kind of. And so he gave me really good advice. He was like, when you turn 18, open up a Roth IRA, max it out, literally put everything you have into it, every single dollar, you know, blah, blah, blah. That was like his first piece of advice. He was just like kind of shocked that I came in there just to get advice from him, but he gave me like such good advice. And then he asked me to come back in like three months and like gave me his email and his phone number and was like, if you have any questions, reach out, you know, whatever. And then I continued talking to him, just like random little questions for like a year. And he told me, you are the only like kid that's ever come in just to like talk to me, like ever. Um, and it was so funny because I literally went into his office, like really nice. He's like a whole floor to himself pretty much, like by myself when I was a teenager, which is kind of, it sounds kind of weird, but whatever. And he was just like really impressed and I took all of his advice like to heart and I did all of it like literally with my lifeguarding money and so a couple years had passed and he actually like let me be a client in a few like a couple years from then when I was in college he let me be a client and I think his his minimum to become a client is five million dollars and this man let me be his client with my lifeguarding money and my spray tan money <laughs> so that's but, the thing he knew that you were yes. so invested in growing your money and also you're so young you have so yeah. much earning potential you right. could easily make <laughs> that five million you know at some point and then you'll be at some point you know, above the minimum it was so nice of him like this was like charity work for him to take me on but he just like loved me he was so nice to me it was really intimidating I'm not gonna lie I almost started crying the first time I met with him because he was a little scary he's like this small little man that's like kind of scary and he was saying a bunch of words I didn't know and I actually just felt really embarrassed and stupid the first time I talked to him like I was really embarrassed and I felt really stupid because I didn't know anything he was talking about and Kylie knows this when I get anxious I kind of almost like start crying and I didn't cry thank god but I felt like I was gonna cry because I just felt so stupid um not like super embarrassed but I just was like wow I know nothing you know right but and then you think about this rationally okay this <laughs> middle-aged man who has been working for longer than you've been alive in a right. career of course he knows words you don't know of course he knows right. concepts you don't know like yeah there is no reason to be embarrassed if you are reaching out for mentorship if there are things you don't know that's kind totally. of the whole point it was funny because then when my sisters turned 18 they're like can I be his client and I'm like no <laughs> like literally no you can't um like I'm the one that put in the work I'm the one that found him I'm the one that well they can office. reach out to him themselves and try yeah, to they put can in their own work Exactly. And so I was really, really lucky that this happened. But my advice is just find somebody who is experienced and ask them a couple questions. And I'm sure they will be more than happy to talk to you. And he, seriously, he loves me. Like he loves me now. He'll just call me sometimes randomly just to like compliment me and be like, you are so smart. You are so like, on your A game, whatever. And I love these compliments because I don't necessarily consider myself, like I'm not like a math finance person, you know what I mean? So like, this is really nice of him to, to think I'm smart and stuff because if somebody in like the creative industry thinks I'm smart, like cool. But for this man to think that of me, I, I was like really excited. I think my main advice is just to reach out. Don't be intimidated if they're older. Um, they will be older, probably. They will likely be older. Yeah, these finance bros that are just like on Robin Hood trading Tesla and Uber every day, like don't listen to them. Like they don't know what they're talking about. No. And I think so. No. I think another layer to this is like, okay, how do I find someone? Right. And, and if you don't have someone who, you know, is connected to a relative or something like that, 
then I think the best places to actively look is LinkedIn and yep. Twitter. So you yep. find some people that are talking about topics that you're really interested in and a million percent before you reach out to them, make sure you do your homework. Yes. Yes. Out of them on LinkedIn, read any kind of white papers they've published, which are yep. um, more like formal articles about different yeah. topics. So look up any white papers they've published, read those, um, just straight up Google them and s read the first whole page on everything you can find on them Yeah, before you reach out to them. Completely just agree. Just cold email people, follow yeah. them on Twitter, reach out to them via Twitter. Yeah. LinkedIn and Twitter are definitely really great avenues. Totally. To They'll love it. And like, they're, they're happy to share their knowledge. You know, everybody like, wants to talk about themselves. Everybody wants to talk about themselves. Totally. And like, there's also a couple really great people on TikTok who I follow and YouTubers. And again, I really like the older guys because like they are experienced and like, again, so they've made I. their money. Yeah. Kylie does too. They've made their you money. They're not that joke. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I did. They're not trying to mansplain as much. They're not just going to sit there and tell you to like buy Uber every day and like Tesla or whatever these like stock traders do. They'll help you like, like plan a longer term strategy. Yeah, we can do a whole episode on it at some point, but that is my main advice. Just do you have any questions, Kylie? I don't. Cool. Um, well, I think this was a good episode. Um, I think so too. I'm not really... to like, you know, I mean, I think all of our episodes are good, but yeah, I think they're all really good. <laughs> my personal favorites, for real, my personal favorites are the Cinderella story of Cinderella and the Blue Tights. Um, oh my God, wait. <laughs> what? Did I tell you? I told you he texted me. Yeah, he did. That is so funny. Are you going to see him anytime? No, because I'm seeing <laughs> okay. a hockey player, so right, right. I'm not going to okay. see him. But he did reach out, so the actor's not dead. He's still the out not there. not dead. That's actually hilarious. Think about that. Kylie is the one reject not rejecting him, but Kylie is disinterested now in her childhood celebrity crush. <laughs> when you phrase it like that, I mean, it's so funny. Yeah, we do not simp in this household, right, Kylie? No, we are not. No fans. simping. Yeah, we are not fans. That is so funny. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I got a lot of feedback on episode four, just from so many girls. That was like probably the funniest. So many girls were DMing me. A, I had this one girl in New Zealand DM me and be like, this helped me so much. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I've dealt with fuckboys before too, whatever. I also got a lot of really good feedback um, on our attachment styles one and the pyramid scheme one also up there my top episodes as well yeah cool well i think that's all i have to say as always please follow us on the gram tiktok tiktok a rating and review on yeah itunes and spotify follow us on spotify yes please well cool. good catch oh, wait, can i say up. one more thing can i say one more thing can i say one more thing fine <laughs> dude so the guy who sings our intro song People DM me all the time asking what the song is and who sings it. Johnny Mac is his name. It's Kylie's friend from high school. Yes. And the I, song is any, anything at anything all. Anything at all. Also, I just want to plug the WYG song. I've been listening to it on repeat for like a week now. It's so good. Yeah. He has a his lot music of really is good so music. Good. Yeah. It's I listen so to good. it all the time. He yeah. should blow up. Like, why isn't he blown up? He's um, so good. We're going to help him blow up. So. Yeah, you know, I, I actually might reach out to him and be like, do you want me to, like, help you with some PR stuff? Like, because it's so nice of him to let uh, let us use his music. His song, yeah. I might, like, ask if he wants help. Like, just. I think he would appreciate that. Yeah, because he should blow up. Like, he's really good. He is really good. Well, I think that's all I have to say. All right. Sounds good. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 Write down everything I feel like